Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, May 21st, 2010, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Here with me in our Orlando, Florida studios is none other than the very lovely Maya Strang. Hi, people. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <coughs> I mean, hi. Ryan Ham. Hey, everyone. Uh, Josh Loveless. Hey, people. Should have said something. Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> On the ones and twos behind the wall of glass is Chad Michael Snavely. We should let him out of that glass. <laughs> <laughs> it's a glass cube of emotion. <laughs> so bad for him. And uh, on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, as always, except for last week, is Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. All right, we got a fun podcast uh, coming up for you today. We have an interview later on with author and filmmaker Dan Merchant, uh, who is behind the film, the documentary, Lord Save Us from Your Followers. Mm. He's appeared in our magazine and on the podcast previously. Uh, we also have a very special segment coming up, and a big announcement that has to do with Jesse. I'm really, it's, I'm really it's excited. Pretty, it's pretty huge. You won't want to miss this. Uh, and then, I really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, yeah. you want to stay tuned. Okay. Trust me. <laughs> I'll be here. <laughs> but first, your entertainment releases. Uh, coming out, music coming out on Tuesday, May 25th. We have uh, good old Stone Temple Pilots. With the aptly named Stone Temple Pilots. Oh. And then uh, Widespread Panic is coming out with Dirty Side Down. Man. Ayo. Are you sure that's, that's not the name of the Stone Temple Pilot album? <laughs> yeah. it, did, did somehow you get the release dates for this date uh, 15 years ago? <laughs> oh, Widespread Panic and STP. <laughs> uh, movies coming out on Friday. Are those seriously the only music releases? Yeah, dude. Only two. My that face is, just broke out in acne that is, <laughs> right now. That is devastating. <laughs> uh, movie releases on Friday, May 28th. Uh, Sex in the City 2. Hey. Yeah. It actually releases on the 27th. Chad wanted me to make a special note. <laughs> for, for the midnight show. Because Chad's already got his ticket. <laughs> just one. I like that. There's <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Casey's, going Casey's not going. He's, He's just going, going by himself. Ch- Chad goes to the midnight show of all the sex in the city. Yeah. He likes to have a night out from time to time. <laughs> the last movie he saw like that was Valentine's Day. And he said it was a very special <laughs> evening. <laughs> Uh, a lot does, of tears. He does have a mic to defend Ate himself. some sweet tarts. <laughs> and a glass of wine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so a good night out. Yeah. Uh, and also coming out, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Looks absolutely terrible. I'm excited yeah. about it. Jake G- Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I see all those movies. They're all terrible. All right. Well, that'll Anyways. do it for your entertainment <laughs> releases. Up next, Slices. I get it. Maybe I'm not big because I don't blog or Twitter. Talk, I'm bitter. I didn't have it on the flop, but I'll win it on the river. Longest winter got me seasoned. Now I'm a non beginner, meaning not yet a veteran, but nevertheless, pick the drug or the rapper, man. I'm better than meth. Dope is either or ether, the drug or the J dis. I would say dope is reefer, but I would be too basic. And overplayed, overslave, won't complain, though. The game's been good to a young and out of London, so I'm grateful. Not just for funding other fans, but for the chance to say something. It wasn't in the plans at first, it was sad days. Halfway to graduation. Well, a couple of big things to tell you about this week. 
first, right now, uh, you can do your part to save trees and help the environment by getting a relevant green subscription. For just 12 bucks, you do more than just ensure that you never miss an issue. Because we don't have to send print invoices or renewal notices, it helps us save trees. And of course, that also helps you save money. Check it out at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. And secondly, let your voice be heard when you join the Relevant Advisory Group. This exclusive club gives you the opportunity to offer your unique perspective on a variety of topics for Relevant and its advertisers. And your free membership entitles you to some pretty cool benefits. Check it out at relevantmagazine.com slash advisory dash group. You're listening to Shad. The song is Yeah, I Get It. It's his brand new single off his upcoming album, I Couldn't Be More Excited, and it's playing right now on Relevant.fm. Shad's my dog. It's called I Couldn't Be More Excited? Yeah, I get it, is what it's called. I couldn't be more excited. Uh, well, you said like the name, and I thought that was the name of the song, and then the the album was called I Could Be More Excited. <laughs> he <laughs> should I have was, named it I'm that. I'm looking at the cheat sheet like, where does it say that? No. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Sleigh Bells with the, with the song Tell Em. And can I just say, I think that that might be the most triumphant intro music we've ever had. <laughs> I want every week to begin with sort of squealing... 80s hair metal guitars like that sounds good yeah. done <laughs> yeah, done I, I like triumphant music sometimes like i drive around in my car listen to like the braveheart soundtrack <laughs> like, just swerving at people and just cutting the, back at the last second just the speeches yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you remember how they exactly. released they released two volumes of the braveheart soundtrack and the second one had a bunch of dialogue from the film because no. like sixteen year old Ryan was pumped about the second the second did, disc. Wait, did you? Did sixteen year old Ryan just crank it in his room and just stare in the mirror while it played and like draw X's over faces in the yearbook he didn't wait, like? Wait, 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 hold on. Sixteen year old Ryan, were you allowed to see yeah. R rated Braveheart? It was one of two R rated movies I was allowed to see. <laughs> that and Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. I was allowed to see that in Saving Private Ryan, except during Braveheart, I had to close my eyes whenever there was the nudity in the forest. When they mooned the other army? No, no. I was. It was okay to see butts, but it was when he was like consummating, <laughs> consummating his marriage with the Scottish girl. Mm-hmm. Apparently, At least my, they were married. Well, apparently, my parents thought I would be really scarred by seeing boobs, but it was just fine when she got her throat slit. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, you do realize we live in Europe. And saw boobs at the swimming pool last week. <laughs> so, all right. So it's time for slices. What do you got, Ryan? Um, well, I bring you some news from a world that I know that we all follow really closely, and that is the world of professional wrestling. Finally, Jesse's like, I know something about this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, finally, I can have something witty to say. Did any of you guys ever watch professional wrestling, like growing up? I'm is that the real wrestling or the fake no, wrestling? No, the fake wrestling. No. no. I really? went to one event in Daytona what? Beach when I was in seven. You went to an event? <laughs> That's amazing. So wait, who, who took you to the event? Uh, I did not know this. So I never watched on TV. I wasn't a fan, but a friend of mine in sixth or seventh grade uh-huh. uh, went, had a birthday party, and the thing was is there was a big WrestleMania event up in the Daytona Ocean Center Wow. with uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, the yes. Ultimate Warrior. And uh, a couple of the other ones, uh, the Million Dollar Man, wow. Ted DiBiase, they were all there. 
in a Wasabi that's, person. That's, that's a, like the dream team. Yeah, that was amazing. Awesome. It was it was pretty amazing in person. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. Still never really got into it other than that. Yeah. But. At first, when you said you like you went to the event when you were a kid, I was thinking, did your dad take you? <laughs> was there something wrong with that? I just have a no, hard time seeing your fr- dad taking you. To yeah, that. I had a friend who had like cool parents. Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> like they let you. You know, you'd have a sleepover and they could yes. rent the R-rated like. Like death movies, remember yeah. like those death videos? Wait, of Faces like- of Death. Yes. <gasps> no. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wow. It was the same weekend. <laughs> I saw one of those, like the intro to one, and it still haunts me in my head. Oh, oh I remember seeing it. My gosh. I saw, yeah, yeah. It was that family. See, I thought you were going to say like, that family. I thought yes. you were going to say yeah. like Child's Play or something. No, no, no. no. Wow, Faces of Death. Yeah, That's... rented Faces of Death and saw went to WrestleMania in the same weekend. Oh, oh wow. I had forgotten about I, that. I became a man that weekend. That's that a, a good. That's <laughs> a, that'll put hair on your chest. <laughs> say that is a that is a classy weekend i would say that's like a yeah like an american suburban bar mitzvah <laughs> faces of death followed by wrestlemania in daytona beach oh man welcome to man <laughs> i don't know 13 i really to, think he turned 13 that here's year. a slim jim and a miller high life welcome to a manhood yeah. welcome to america man <laughs> i'm a man i don't know what your slice is i don't know if it can top, oh, yeah. top this so anyway <laughs> Oh, yeah, there was a slice <laughs> So I was just curious because we all know and semi-love Hulk Hogan. I mean, everybody knows Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So I found out some distressing news about Hulk Hogan. As you, as you may or may not know, a couple years ago, he got a divorce from his wife. What? Were, yeah, it was really mm-hmm. messy oh. and everything. Um, anyway, apparently she used to do all of his hair bleaching because he <laughs> always wanted it really blonde. And so after they got a divorce... He bleached his own hair, but didn't realize, like, didn't read the directions or something, and got it all over his scalp, and then talked to someone on the phone for an hour, and all his hair <gasps> fell out. Really? So, right was now, this recent? No, this is like, I feel like is when I so when I see him on TV, like, is the is the hair that he's wearing like one of those hair bandanas? No, he, where the hair is part of the bandana. He literally has hair <laughs> extensions now. He had to go wow. buy hair extensions because he burned all of his hair out. You know, he does have a lot of money, and there are places called salons yeah, that I know. do hair. Yeah, that's interesting. I would just love, like, I love the image of Hulk Hogan, like, using hair bleach into <laughs> well, his and, and balding head. the fact head. that he's, like, on the phone too long. <laughs> exactly. It's like, he's, like, in the bathtub painting his toenails. <laughs> so what are you doing? And then um, just, like, ripping off his shirt for fun. Yeah. yeah. That's how he spends his free time. Yeah. All the listeners, in, including myself, are very glad we know that news. <laughs> okay, hold on. So the, your slice is all of that. The last 10 minutes uh, of my life is because Hulk Hogan now has hair extensions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to I, I saw that on, on the nightly news with Brian Williams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, uh, this last week, the uh, New York Post released a list of the top 10 richest kids on television. Hmm. All right? So these, these are... Kids who are paid the most per episode. And I'd like you guys to take a stab at who is the richest kid on TV per episode. So think current. Uh, so we're not going back to like family matters. No, 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 no. no. This is kid is under 18. The kid is under 18 and on television right now. It's got to be someone on the Disney channel. Oh, I think I know this. That's a good question. Is it Raven Simone? Like Demi Lovato? Raven's an adult now. It's um, that Serena Gomez person, right? Oh, uh, that would make sense. Yeah, no. Or, or is the Jonas or Brothers Cyrus. still on? Yeah, yeah. maybe Miley do they Cyrus. Have a show? The Jonas the, the Brothers. Jonas do have Brothers a, have a show. They right? do they have do. a show. Oh, they do have a show called Just Jonas. 
maybe i, I think it's know. just called jonas jonas okay. yeah it's, it's, it's just, just called jonas, jonas. Yeah. it's not just jonas <laughs> yeah. it's just called jonas miley i would go okay so but we are talking cable but there's a whole brand around miley cyrus um you got the kids on like modern it's family that, that wizardly wavery girl really? I think the so. Serena Gomez. I think okay. so. We're going with that one. Okay. Well, this I think is going to surprise a lot of people. The number one richest kid on TV per Paul episode Kogan's <laughs> <laughs> uh, is Angus T. Jones. I'm Does sorry. anyone know who, who that is? Of course. This no. is the kid on Two and a Half Men. Uh, what? Oh. No, no, no. Check this out. He gets paid $250,000 an episode. Wow. He just sits there and is like, I know. I know. I know. Anything. Of all the kids that are out there right now, wow. I mean, he'd be at the bottom of people's list, right? Uh, Miranda Cosgrove, who is on a show called iCarly, she gets $180,000. Wow. But then from there, Number three is Selena Gomez oh. from Wizards of Waverly Place. She gets twenty five thousand. Oh, she was wow. not the top. right. Right, Miley Cyrus is number six on the list. I don't know who did her deal. Fifteen thousand an episode. What? Wait, wow. Miley Cyrus gets fifteen grand, and the kid from Two and a Half Men gets two hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah. This is how crazy it is. And but what's great is tied for number six with Miley Cyrus is Rico Rodriguez from Modern Family nice. with fifteen thousand dollars an episode. So Rico is making wow. Miley Cyrus money. Yeah, wow. except he doesn't have albums. I, I like That's him. true. Yeah, and I like touring him too. and licensing and yeah, yeah, yeah. So crazy. I was, I was, uh, I was shocked to see uh, Miley Cyrus. Is not pulling in what you think wow. she would. Yeah. Wow! Wow! I thought she was much more well off than no, making the... fifteen thousand dollars a week. Good thing her dad <laughs> is famous. Yeah, <laughs> thank goodness she's from money. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what. Maybe he's, she's she's he's gonna have achy breaky heart money for the rest. Well, of Well, that's her what life. I was gonna say. Like during negotiation, maybe she's like, "I don't need your money. I got achy breaky heart." Yeah. So. Have you seen my dad's hair? Yeah. It's not like Hulk Hogan's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You have a slice? I do have a slice. Um, my slice, well, we know Florida is kind of crazy. This one happened locally in Kissimmee. Um, apparently, coffee can kill you, or not kill you, but injure you. A motorist ran herself over while she was reaching for her coffee on the top of her car. What? How many? Okay, you know when you get in the car, I've many a times left my coffee on top or yeah. whatever drink on top of your car. Yeah. Wait, well, whatever drink? My soda pop. Okay. <laughs> My water. Yeah. I'm leaving drinks all over the place. <laughs> I'm picturing like drinks all over the city now <laughs> because of what you're saying. Well, she apparently started to back out and she realized it, so she stopped her car and got out. Didn't and put it in park? Didn't, well, apparently didn't put it in park so she, enough. I, I don't know. I, I just want to know how she got under the car. Yeah, well, I know. It, it says that she reached to get her coffee. Okay. And the door must have, it must have accelerated enough to knock her over. And then like her arms and legs got underneath the front tire. <laughs> Apparently she was quite injured. Wow. I know. It just makes you think. About what? Uh, about how dumb people are? About next time you leave your soda pop or your coffee on the one, top of one your day car. you're enjoying a hot beverage. The next second, you're, you're roadkill on your own car. I feel like the only explanation <laughs> for this story is if it was not a non-alcoholic beverage. <laughs> like if she'd been drinking a huge pint of whiskey, right. I could understand yeah. how this would happen. Right. Like, Maybe oh, I thought the P was a really D and then I had to lay down. Okay, so she put it in reverse, yes. gets out, the door's still open. <laughs> right. So then it starts the, to go back. The door knocks her down. Knocks she her down falls, enough somehow to, like, flails herself under the car. 
car. Yes. The w- wheels then roll over her. Right. Okay. I wish everyone could see Maya and Cameron using their <laughs> hands <laughs> to describe how the we fall happened. We basically recreated the crime yeah. scene. You did. You yeah. did. You did. What happened to the coffee? <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian Williams, for asking the important question. Yeah, and Curry has more. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, it's like a computer-generated reenactment. <laughs> like those Tiger Woods ones that oh, came out. Those from, were like, incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, like from Hong Kong or yeah, whatever. Out of Asia. Those were amazing. Uh, that's my whole slice. All right. Jesse? Okay. Um, well, you guys know Bansky, right? Yeah. Is that, am I saying ba- his name right? Bansky. 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 Uh, he he has uh, apparently kind of uh, been around the country lately, and one of his pieces of work recently showed up in an, in an old uh, industrial dilapidated uh, yard in Detroit. Well, I mean, g- give a little context. He's a he's in Europe. He's oh, yeah, in yeah, Europe yeah, and London. He's a European graffiti artist, uh, and kind of that makes you know, kind of subtle social commentary with his work and kind of controversial. Less than subtle. I mean, his his book is actually very interesting. Number one, nobody knows who he is. He's never been photographed. Well, I think they figured it out. Really? I think like last year there was a rumor. Number two, he does social statement pieces. So it's not just destructive graffiti. He actually does things like uh, it started that he started defacing advertising. And his explanation was, you didn't ask my permission to put your graphic message in front of me i don't need to ask your permission to modify it mm-hmm. so you know and he sticks to his convictions then the, the next phase of his career he started doing social statement pieces on buildings and things like that it's not graffiti it's more stencil art and stuff that says something controversial yeah. then in his book and his uh documentaries and stuff it's fascinating he'll sneak into like the british museum and he'll like hang art with its own little placard and stuff that's like something crazy or blasphemous or whatever and he'll just stand back there and film how long it takes for somebody to notice that it's not real and sometimes it goes days he snuck into LA uh, Disneyland in LA and like put like you know like uh, beheaded Mickey Mouses like he like, like jump fences and like put them in rides and stuff like that and <laughs> jump out and then like film it like you can watch mm-hmm. all these videos online it's it's like it's just social disruption well did you see his stuff is. I think his like the stuff I've really liked the most are his um, paintings on the wall in Palestine oh yeah yeah because yeah. it's like the door yeah there's the door and the kid like climbing over on a ladder yeah. and then there's that like hole in the wall with like the beautiful landscape behind it and, yeah yeah. It's his stuff is compelling, uh, social disruption, social commentary, uh, it, it, cultural commentary. It's really interesting stuff for the most part. There's guys who do it just for art's sake, and he does it for reaction's sake, yeah. which is actually interesting. Well, he's in the U.S. now, so right. go ahead. Sorry, Jesse, I just want to give context. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, he was in well, apparently he's in Detroit because one of his one of his uh, uh, pieces of art, uh, a new original piece, you know, showed up, you know, stenciled onto just this corner of, uh, you know, an old abandoned, broken down warehouse amidst, you know, all this urban decay. And people, local people, somebody spotted it because they saw a picture of it on his website. And uh, people from uh, a nonprofit gallery in Detroit called 555 decided that they wanted to go uh, take it from where he where it is in the warehouse and actually bring it to a gallery hmm. A- hmm. and their thinking is we're going to preserve it we're going to allow other people uh to see the art you know we're we're not we're going to make sure the property owner doesn't just bulldoze all this 
And it's interesting that the picture is actually a kid holding a paint bucket uh, with red paint coming out and, and red letter kind of handwritten beside it says, I remember when this was all trees. Mm, oh, snap. Wow. Yeah. And so, but there's a, the bigger controversy than, you know, the whole idea behind it, you know, stenciling something on someone else's property is a lot of people are really upset at this art gallery for going to take it and put it into a gallery. Hmm. Uh, some critics are saying, you know, he did it there for a reason. It, it belongs there. And if people really want to make the trip out to this, you know, old dilapidated, you know, abandoned lot, mm-hmm. they can see it in its, what context it was supposed to be in. Hmm. Um, but the people from the gallery are saying, well, we're not selling it. We're not making money. We're a nonprofit. We just want to preserve the art. So it's kind of an interesting little, uh, subtext there Hmm. on monday this week uh he was in new york he had hit um soho and a couple of other places with with stuff like that it's it hit all the you know street uh culture blogs and stuff so it's cool it's really interesting yeah there's 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 actually a movie coming out too uh, a documentary about bansky yeah yeah exit through the gift shop i think yeah Huh. It's it's interesting. He and Shepard Ferry kind of came from a it started in a, a similar time frame, doing similar things in you know not for profit at all, not for any profit motive, just doing you know these propagandist, reaction oriented uh, public installations under the cloak of night, really really fast. That's why they go stencil. You know, I mean, they're in and they're out in like two minutes. You yeah. know, before they can get caught. And uh, Shepard was doing it in the U.S. and and uh, Bansky was over in in uh, London for the most part. And like it, it's just interesting now that both of them are incredibly famous and incredibly rich, and they're selling their art. And what started as this like youth rebellion mm-hmm. stuff um, uh, is now like a very very profitable fine art kind yeah. of uh, thing. Do you think they've sold out a little bit? Well, what's interesting about that question um, is that like Bansky's stuff in New York is actually getting tagged by other graffitiers who are essentially just going and like defacing the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. And that happened to Shepard Ferry's like huge mural installation in New York last week too. It took like six days, I think for mm-hmm. it. It's, they call it dissing, I guess. Um, so like other graffiti groups will go and accuse them of selling out. Like it, interesting. The, the Shepard, the Shepard stuff, he, he had done a, uh, he's a fine art artist now. I mean, that's the thing is like, um, his art will sell big, big pieces will sell for $15,000. And, uh, he had a opening in New York on May 1st, uh, as his May Day show. It's at the, uh, Deech Gallery in Soho. And it's like the last show that this gallery is going to do before they shut down. And it's just running this month and it ends on May at the end of this month. And, uh, and so he was there and, uh, to, to kind of commemorate the, the launch of this, this, uh, show, which is a fine art exhibition, you know, gallery, it's all for sale. Um, he did these massive installations around around Soho, like three or four different ones that were just huge sides of buildings, you know, whatever, just kind of as a, you know, they're amazing. I mean, I saw them when I was up there. I was there a couple of days after the opening and went down to the gallery and stuff. But I mean, the installations on the buildings are just unbelievable. Selling out, I mean, what's selling out? I mean, an artist needs to make a living, so... Yeah, I, I think with with the thing with Shepard, because I, I, I love she- all Shepard Ferry's work. I love Obey. But and I, I don't know if like selling out's the right word, but I, I think when he did the Obama, the, the you know that's become the iconic image, you know, kind of during the election. Not not that it, I have anything wrong with him like expressing political opinions or anything like that. 
I it was I don't think it was so much for me something of selling out. It was but I was confused because the tone was so different than all of his other work. His other work was, you know, the the message sometimes was a little bit obscured because it was maybe a controversial political figure who he wasn't necessarily making a statement about. You know, the art itself, you know, the medium was the message, you know, where it was whether it was a picture of Andre the Giant or, you know, Soviet era, you know, war propaganda, you know, there wasn't an overt message. And doing the Obama picture, to me, like that kind of, I don't know, like obscured what his other work meant. Does that that make any sense? Yeah, but I mean, you're Mm -hmm. missing about 80 steps in between because he had started doing a lot more um, clear political statements in his art. Like I have a piece... Uh, it's uh, a Muslim lady holding a gun rifle with a lily coming out of the tip of it. You know what I mean? He's yeah. do- he was doing a lot of anti-war statement stuff in his art. He was doing a lot of uh, political stuff over the last few years. The Obama thing, he did that. Uh, it was just released on his website, and it took off. Like he, like yeah. the Obama campaign didn't come to him. You know what I mean? Like he just did it. Like he was doing other stuff that he believed in, and um, you know, it just became you know ubiquitous uh, you know and 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 i don't know that he ever thought that it would or ever intended it to be um it was just again another thing that he put out yeah and i've actually seen him since then like blog about his different political things and how he's not been you know it's not like he he doesn't want it to be like an endorsement you know because mm-hmm. he has his own political ideas that don't always uh you know connect with the current administration. But I guess the thing was you'd seen so many of his pieces of art before of these different political figures and to see, you know, relatively controversial ones, you know, that were kind of that facial portrait. Mm -hmm. And then to see like Obama as sort of in line with those, not that I have anything wrong with it. It was just, and maybe that's part of being an artist is always kind of reinventing, you know, what you're doing. You know what I mean? But I just I just felt like it was strange in that context. I think Bansky did the same though. I mean, what he's what he was doing 15 years ago was statements against advertising and the pervasive consumer culture that we have. That's not what he's doing at all now. I mean, yeah. he's doing totally different things. And I think artists do evolve; they have to evolve. And uh, I think Bansky went through a period where he just like screwing with people and <laughs> screwing with institutions, and mm-hmm. and now he's going back and doing provocative social commentary. I mean, I think he's evolving. I think it's interesting what Bansky's doing. Shepard's gone more the fine art direction. Bansky's staying uh, more true to street culture, but he's selling a ton of books and selling his art. And I mean, they're making a living. I mean, uh, does a does a band who makes music that they love and that they created sell out because a lot of people like it and buy it? You know, I mean, I think my only problem with like Shepard, Ferry, and Obey is that they've sort of made an industry out of this like hyper anti-capitalist propaganda like they've basically taken the tenets of anti-capitalism and turned it into a capitalistic machine it's kind of the same thing that adbusters has done it's like become so critical of other brands that it's become a brand in and of itself well i think that's part of the nature of revolutions right like any sort of countercultural movement that becomes mainstream and popular you you start out being against the man and then all of a sudden you grow up and you become the man. Right. Well, more, mm-hmm. more people say, yeah, I agree with you. I want your material. Yeah, I want I want to wear that on my shirt. Yeah, I want... And then you go, well, okay, people ask for it. We'll produce it. Yeah. Right. And then they yeah. buy yeah. it. And then the profits pay for you to be able to produce more art. And then all of a sudden you're a multimillion dollar company. 
And, well, and, and, and even beyond just artwork, I mean, look at something like, you know, and this is such a corporate example, but you look at something like Starbucks that starts out as like, no, we just want a neighborhood coffee shop that makes really good, you know, that, that that's known for really high quality coffee that, that costs a little bit more, you know, that it was literally in a neighborhood coffee shop in Seattle, you know. But then they started right. killing women in the parking lot who kept falling out of their cars and driving over themselves. <laughs> so this is yeah. a slippery slope. It is. There. It is. You know, I, I think this is interesting, though, that, I mean, anybody who creates something, you know, what's the purpose in you creating it, right? I mean, it's an expression of what you believe in. Mm-hmm. It's an artistic expression of something you enjoy, something, you know, you do it because it's, it's something that, yeah, you created. And I would say a lot of people, I mean, if artists didn't want their work to get out there, and I'm talking musicians, painters, people who make magazines, you know, you wouldn't create it and stick it in a closet and shut the door and hope, hopefully nobody would ever see it. Right. You make it because you want people to enjoy it or people to, it, to inspire somebody or impact somebody. The larger impact you can have, the more um, worthwhile your effort was, I guess, mm. you know? And this is the, the indie culture that we serve you know, kind of like loves you when you're small. And then if a lot, a lot of people start liking you, they disdain you because right. too many people like you and I don't like you anymore. Well, I think it comes down to if, if you become popular, people judge whether you've changed or not. It comes down to motive. And that's actually right. exactly yeah. where I was going. Yeah. It's well, like, what is the purpose of them creating art still and selling it at a mass level? Right. Um, it has, have their motives changed. Right. Right. And if they've remained uh, in line with their original, I can't, criticize them if they black eyed peace style have just started making art to be mass market to be successful not because it's necessarily great art or something that they believed in in the like in the beginning they go oh this will work for such and such a brand commercial mm-hmm. you know like their yeah. motives have changed then i think they're ripe for uh, critique fergie's been singing for a very long time why she's like 50 of course she yeah. is <laughs> well i think like i mean i guess it just bothers me when obey is like selling pictures of noam chomsky and that it's like they're taking this like person who would essentially like kill himself if he was ever placed as like on any sort of capitalistic campaign i just i just feel like if they were honest about the propaganda part of it they would be like but 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 that's what i don't mean to interrupt but i mean that's what i think the whole idea was initially like it wasn't that they were promoting you know some you know socialistic idea it was to note the irony you know what i mean mm-hmm. like look we're putting that. this guy on a t-shirt that we're so you know like i feel like and that was kind of the idea with obey like it was all about irony and kind of making you think twice you know i would agree with that so you're just your problem is that you feel the obama art was incongruous with the irony hmm. yeah yeah I, I don't i don't feel like there was any irony with obama maybe there's know? some valid criticism there maybe here's an artist though who uh you know you know is doing his thing and then he just goes you know what non-ironically here's something i believe in and i'm gonna do this yeah. piece over here on the side and it, it, it just so it, happened exactly. that that's, and that's why what it was like confusing because everything else the message yeah. it, it was a little obscured you know but that was a picture of obama that said hope you know you could only read that one way is there a difference between shepherd fairy's art and obey because maybe obey right. is the ironic statements and shepherd fairy the artist did the obama thing as a personal thing as a personal conviction yeah, I, I could see that. I think that, I mean, they're definitely, you know, kind of married in a sense, but I do think, you know, as an artist, he has some independence than the brand that he created, you yeah. know? Yeah, maybe he, maybe that was an expression of that independence. So it would be interesting to ask him that. Oh. 
Yeah, because other people, he has other people working for him creating art. Oh, you yeah, know? tons, tons. I mean, out of, they put out 400 pieces of clothing a year on a, or a per line, mm-hmm. fine, fine clothing line. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, out of all the t-shirts and stuff, he has studio number one is his art studio. They do Swindle Magazine. They do stuff for a number of clients. Uh, they produce the Obey stuff, which he does the Obey stuff by his own hand. But mm-hmm. the Obey clothing shirts and stuff, they bring in a ton of artists to work on those. It's not all Shepherd, right? Because right. they want to keep it fresh. They don't want to be stuck in one look, right? So anyway, yeah. I mean, you're exactly right, Jesse. I mean, like maybe Obey is this one thing, and then Shepherd Fairy the artist is another. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because because this new one, the May Day show, mm-hmm. not ironic right. at all. Right. It is about social justice. Uh, it's portraits. You're talking about the one in New York. Yeah, the new show. It's it's Shepherd Fairy the artist. And it was really powerful. It was a lot of stuff having to do with social justice. May Day. I mean, you get the name. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, you know, the urgency, the crises in our world. Yeah. And then he had like a Joan Jett portrait in the same style. It was actually kind of bizarre. He had a couple of these like Billy Idol and Joan Jett and a couple of those. But then the rest of it was a lot of social justice emphasis. So, you know, I don't, I don't think a lot of them were ironic at all. You yeah, know, they B- were, because uh, Obey started with irony. You know, it was yeah, Andre yeah. the Giant that right. said, oh, you know, Andre the Giant has a posse. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was a joke, not in the sense that it was ironically cool. Well, like, Obey no propaganda. One, I mean, Obey propaganda is an ironic statement. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. But I mean, and Bansky did the same, though. I mean, Bansky, I think, does ironic art. I think he does controversial and statement art, and I think he just does art. Yeah. You know? And part of an artist is to you know, keep people on their toes and reinvent, you know, what you're trying to say with, with what you're doing. You if know, you, if you go to the obey website, I mean, they give away a lot of stuff. You can buy all the prints for cheap. I mean, I, I, it, it, there's two tracks and there's a tension of two tracks in their art. There's, there's this big impact piece, fine art thing that they're mm. doing. And then he's intentionally doing stuff for the streets. He's intentionally like doing stencils and cheap and stickers like for, you know what I mean? Like there's this duality right. to their existence. Yeah. And then over here on this other thing is their clothing line. It's a totally separate entity. His his studio is, studio number one is in downtown LA. Obey Clothing is down in Santa Ana. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a totally separate operation and stuff. So they have these like dualities and trialities, I guess. But, um, you know, I don't know. Ban- I mean, Bansky, he's just profiting from, I guess, the videos and books and all that. Yeah. But... All right, well, uh, interesting slice. <laughs> Slice's turn. All right, that'll do it for Slices. Up next, Dan Merchant. You're listening to The Silver Seas. The song is The Best Things in Life. The Silver Seas. So it's obviously not based on the Gulf of Mexico, because that'd be the Black Seas. Oh, oh. No. <laughs> The Black Eyed Seas are the worst. <laughs> Those are the worst. Sold out. Profit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's playing right now on Relevant.fm. Whether someone's atheist, agnostic, Muslim, Hindu, Jewish, or yes, Christian, all can identify at times with the cry, Lord, save us from your followers. Fed up with the divisive bumper sticker mentality overtaking America, director and follower Dan Merchant donned his bumper sticker man suit and set out on the daring search for meaningful dialogue and the true face of faith. Uh, appearing in his film, Lord Save Us From Your Followers, are like Al Franken, 
uh, Tony Campolo, former Senator Rick Santorum, uh, Sister Mary Timothy, Paul Young, Bono, George W. Bush, and many more. You can check out at lordsavisthemovie.com. Here is our very own Elise Gilligan interviewing Dan Merchant. This division, this separateness, isn't getting any of us anywhere. So I set out across the nation divided to stimulate a conversation with anybody willing to have one. But what impression does America have of Christians? Forgiveness. Going to church. Fanaticism. Being really snobby. To be holy, I guess. Selective hatred and intolerance. Trying to live the right life, trying to do the right thing. A lot of hypocrites. Historically, warfare, but we try to forget about that. Uh, Name something that Jesus Christ is known for. I'd say forgiveness. Forgiveness. Saving the world. Christmas. Love. Jesus saves. Dying for mankind. Turning water into wine. Caring for the least, the least of people, people in, in greatest distress. Name something Jesus Christ is known for. Hmm, healing the sick, right. loving the poor. The concept of the movie is to find out why the gospel of love is dividing America. And that's kind of no secret that Christianity holds sort of a funny place in our modern culture. But what was it for you that sent you over that edge where you decided, okay, now I'm going to make a film about this? I I like the sent over the edge part. That's pretty obvious, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. uh, You know, what it was for me was, was my own growing discomfort with how comfortable uh, many of us uh, on both sides of the equation had become with this us versus them mentality uh, in our country. And and particularly, uh, I was having a difficult time reconciling us versus them being okay if I was going to walk around as a follower of Christ. And um, and so I was really trying to understand, um, you know, how do I how do I be a Christian in 21st century North America? Um, you know, very personally, how do how do I do this better? Because I kind of feel awful winning all these arguments and being right about everything all the time and feeling awful, right. <laughs> and and not really seeing where. Uh, you know, in, in the Gospels, where, where Jesus makes a point of winning arguments and turning people off, I just, I don't see him do that much, uh, if at all. So, um, tongue firmly in cheek. So, so that was really, that was really the core motivation. And I, I did have the uh, uh, perspective-giving trip to uh, Ethiopia to, uh, to really illustrate the point about uh, what believers look like um, in their natural habitat, if you will. And by that, I mean uh, relief workers from around the country and around the world uh, who would come to Ethiopia and, and we're loving people and we're, we're, we're serving others and going out of their way to, uh, to demonstrate Christ's love by meeting the needs of others and, and basically by keeping their mouths shut and not talking about politics and all that other stuff that had seemed to be what Christianity meant in America. So that was a real eye-opener for me. In part of the film, you walk around and interview people about their thoughts on Christianity while you're wearing a suit covered in cliché Christian bumper stickers. And what prompted you to kind of take a satirical approach to that? 
Well, you know, part part of that is just who I am. I can't ever seem to do anything straight, even if I'm trying to <laughs> trying to be serious about something. I can't. But honestly, you know, desperate times require desperate measures. So the best idea I could come up with, uh, and and if you you look at the movie, you watch close, you'll notice that they're they're competing ideologies. So there are Christian bumper stickers on there, and then there's non-Christian bumper right. stickers. So what I did was sort of present the marketplace of ideas via the 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 woefully inadequate uh, medium of the bumper sticker. Not not our best communication tool, the bumper sticker. But, uh, you know, when you walk up on somebody with a, with a Jesus fish and a Darwin fish or, a, you know, or God loves the whole world um, and and uh, get the hell out of my way, I'm late for church. You know, there's there's a, some different perspectives represented. And, and it was neat, though, to, to look at how disarming it was for people because they would... Um, you know, they they would look at one that they agreed with. They they'd see a non-Christian one that they liked, and then they'd see a Christian one, or vice versa. And then you could see their face contort a little bit. Next thing you know, you know, we're talking about religion and politics. And I think what it signaled to people was something that we have to remember, which is you know, a conversation requires you know actual listening and some humility and uh, and a willingness to to hear out the other person, even if you don't agree with them, um, because what naturally happens is. And this is what happened here. People would share their opinions, and we talk about things, and then they'd ask me, "Well, so what do you what do you think? I mean, why you got this crazy suit? What do you really think about stuff?" And so you have you know complete staunch atheists who have different political views than me asking me why why did I pick Jesus? And it was really amazing that all it took was was a, was a friendly approach. And of course, I looked silly in the suit, but it was really amazing that, that people just want to be respected and heard. And you know, they might not agree with you when you're done. But you, you might have made a friend, and um, you know I happen to believe that uh, you know you create that kind of space. Um, you know God can show up, though He can send the Holy Spirit. I mean, all this other invisible stuff we say we believe. You know, you act, start acting like you believe it, and weird stuff happens. And that's uh, <laughs> I've got lots of experiences like that wearing that suit. How important do you feel humor is in this kind of conversation that tackles some hard pressing issues? Well, you know, it's interesting. It's just been absent from it, uh, as far as I can tell. Um, you know, by by and large, certainly when it, I mean, there's there's always good natured ribbing within each camp. You know, the the Christians will make fun of Christians, and the atheists will make fun of atheists, or whatever. But but never really do you cross the line. And and we, with Lord Save Us from Your Followers, we were really endeavoring to have a conversation that. Um, that invites everybody, you know, into the table. So, so you'll you'll see in in, in Lord Save Us, you know, there's there's uh, the, the the church, or more pointedly, myself, gets made fun of appropriately at times, um, and then occasionally people who um, you know who hold different views will get poked at too, yeah. um, because we all have a tendency to get self satisfied. <laughs> we all we're all struggling with being right about everything, and. Uh, you know, I suppose the idea that the, the, the idea I'm stealing from the Gospels and trying to put forward is that uh, the Gospel of being right is not as important as the Gospel of love. You can check out the film Lord Save Us from Your Followers at lordsaveusthemovie.com.
You're listening to Light Pollution. I wouldn't think that'd be very loud. You, you know what's great about Light Pollution? You can like clean it up instantly <laughs> with the flick of a switch. Yeah, it's not like air pollution yeah. or water pollution that really, you know, hard to clean up. Uh, the song by the band Light Pollution is "O Ivory" <laughs> with an exclamation point. What about "O Ebony"? Um, I think that was a Stevie Wonder. Oh, okay. Hit. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, you can check them out at myspace.com/slash/lightpollution. All right, we have a a brand new first time segment that, if it goes well, will reoccur. If it doesn't go well, it'll reoccur a little bit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we would like to make oh, we have the, nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah. We would like to make the announcement that Jesse Carey is running for office. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah. I will be running for postmaster general <laughs> in the upcoming elections. It's a you know the, it's midterm elections this year. Jesse is running for office, so we want to take a, a time uh, pretty regularly to ask Jesse how he would solve some of the crises facing our nation. Is he really? No, he's not running for postmaster. <laughs> anyway. I would believe that Jesse would do something like that. So, so I, I want to run for postmaster general because those postman uniforms and those trucks need need updating. <laughs> he's just, Jesse's just in it for the trousers. <laughs> no, but, ser- but seriously, can you think of a more fun position in government? Because the only thing I would do was draw up new, like, insane uniforms and implement them, like, every month. You know? It's like, I'm going to put the same effort we put in stamp creation into awesome postman <laughs> uniform creation. They should all say Loverland, Virginia. <laughs> no, they, they would the look like... be dazzled. Uh, have you ever seen what like the, the guards at the Vatican wear? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's no. what the people delivering our mail would wear. Wow. Have you ever seen what the Pope wears? Yeah, that's what I would wear. As a, <laughs> as a I, would, I would tell you this. I would have the most awesome like uh, like saber ever, you know? All right. So we we thought it would be a good public service to use our platform to give uh, Jesse the opportunity to talk through some, some of the ways that he would solve some of the problems that we're facing. So uh, we haven't prepared for this. Uh, Jesse doesn't know the questions we're going to ask. We feel that a candidate should be well-versed in a myriad of things. So we're going to ask Jesse some questions and uh, and see how he would solve some of the things facing our <laughs> country ridiculous. today. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Josh, you've you've prepared a few questions. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Jesse, um, now that you're you're going to be spending the next couple of years um, serving the people, uh, serving the people, <laughs> and running for president. Um, what strategy? Postmaster general. A postmaster general president. president. President but, of the but post. Office. Everyone knows the postmaster general has the ear of the president. <laughs> when you can, when you control the mail, you, you control, control information. information. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, what strategy w- would you use to, uh, if you were running against Sarah Palin in the, in the popular vote, uh, who is also running for postmaster general? Because <laughs> that's all that's left. Right. What, what kind of strategy would you use to beat someone who's so popular among people who carry guns? <laughs> Well, I would first. I would schedule an interview with Katie Kirk. For okay. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. And I, I feel just so kind of a compare and contrast. Yeah. yeah, and then you could just show side by side clips yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, win. <laughs> and then I would annex Alaska from the United States. Okay, okay. It's just uh, not official. They, they, they would be their own yeah. sovereign country. Yeah. Uh, and she, I would let her be president there. Okay, good. Oh, oh. oh that's nice. Give her Alaska. So, it's diplomatic. Yeah. Generous. I think she's running. See, and that, and that would show. You know, I'm willing to work with people, and <laughs> even if it means, even if it means I force a state to secede, I work with you. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
but oh. they won't get the mail anymore. That's <laughs> they have a whole separate. They got to figure that out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what they send to each other up there. <laughs> Caribou meat. Yeah, I think they just have a barter system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't even use currency. No. They talk trading for like coonskin hats and stuff. <laughs> the second question is: How in the world? Are we going to clean up this oil mess in the Gulf of Mexico? Mm, yes. I mean, the people want to know, do you have answers? Can they trust you to fix the problem facing 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 the Gulf? Well, that's, that's an excellent question. I'm, I'm very glad you asked because, uh, as a lot of people know, I am sort of a culture vulture, particularly when it comes to MTV reality shows. Is that going to be your second title after Postmaster General? <laughs> yeah, culture vulture, national culture vulture. Uh, and that's good. I'm going to remove the eagle and put a vulture in the as our national bird. Um, <laughs> and I'll, as part of my uh, cabinet will be Pauly D in the situation. Excellent. And job number one is for them to go take care of that oil. Now, I don't care if they use it for tanning. I don't care if they put all of it in their hair. But I think those two guys, I think those two guys are perfectly capable of what's going on Oh, Snooki's going to be so sad that you left her out. I'm sure I'll find a role for her. I, I, Sarah Palin needs a little youth in her cabinet, so I don't want to take up all the Jersey Shore folks. <laughs> Oh. Wow. Well, this is good. This is really, really good to know. I, well, how, how do they how do they acquire the oil? How do they uh, corral it? <laughs> well, initially, they'll just dip their heads in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so used to all that, uh, you know, all the product. It's essentially a dry sponge. It's going to absorb. <laughs> yeah, I like exactly. It. Yeah. It's, it's sort so, of like one of those blue lights that attract moths. <laughs> <laughs> they stick their heads in the water and the oil just flocks to it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's the primary way. I'm sure at different points, they'll kind of like go for a little swim and then go just tan it off. I'm only projecting that taking a couple of weeks. That's how we can protect the barrier islands and, and, and the keys. They could just wade out into yeah, the water exactly. yeah. and then go tan it off. Yeah. I like yeah. that. That's the most practical solution anybody has offered and that yet. Could, that, could be your, that could be your campaign slogan. Jesse Carey, tan it off. Tan it off. <laughs> <laughs> There's Jesse. nothing you can't tan off. <laughs> Some Re light pollution. Recession? Tan it off. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, good work. Um, another question that I feel like is facing um, the, our, our, the, our culture, and you being the culture vulture, I wanted to come to you first and, okay. and ask you about this. Justin Bieber has become very popular uh, in our culture. What advice would you give him to take his career in a direction that would be helpful to the United States of America? Mm. Well, generally, I try to stay away from Justin Bieber. Okay. That is a, a very politically sensitive issue. Okay. <laughs> I, I think the, the best thing I could do, yeah, is to hire Shepard Ferry, just paint a big picture of Justin Bieber's face, and say hope on it <laughs> and through my connection to the postal service mail one to every home in america <laughs> it'll be so inspirational that'll literally jolt us out of the current recession out of bieber fever yeah yeah but but we will have to deal with the onslaught of bieber fever that takes over. 
but I'll talk to the Department of Health about that. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully they can help figure it out. He he does he does poop sunshine and rainbows. Mm. So you have to uh, you have to figure out how is to that, take care of that kind good, of fever. Is that medically verifiable? Yep, <laughs> it's, it's a major source of light pollution. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would also I would also mandate that every male get the Justin Bieber haircut. Okay, mm. all right, good. Like to know. the swoop. What okay. if you're What if you're bald? Like Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Then, what, if, what about Hulk Hogan? They have a nice place for you in Canada. <laughs> or or in, Alaska. Is where, in Alaska. Which is where Bieber's from, actually. Yeah, that's He's true. Canadian. Yeah, the irony. <laughs> we, we, under my administration, we'll absorb all the world's really cool citizens. Like <laughs> okay, okay. You and Polly D have a lot in common then. <laughs> yeah. uh, so do you feel like there's anything specific today that you want the people to know that you care about? <laughs> oh, man. Um so much so much <laughs> yeah <laughs> well what do you Things feel that... what do you feel the greatest crisis facing our nation is and that your administration will address in the postal service well i feel like the the one thing that is is my grave concern is our lack of healthy respect for the oncoming chimpocalypse <laughs> which yeah. i will dedicate the entire Every branch of the military. Can the postmaster uh, general do that? You are a general, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not postmaster sergeant. It's postmaster general. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I think I think we don't have enough respect for what the the creatures we share this earth with are capable of. Right. How would you stave off an impending apocalypse? I'll be honest. I don't think we can survive it. So I'm going to create an escape pod for myself (laughs) and work with NASA to find a habitable planet. Mm. Well, you're going to have to hurry because Obama's cleaning up NASA and and getting rid of it. So, Well, that's why you better vote for me because this is urgent. Maybe there'll be a place for you on the escape pod. I don't know. (laughs) All right. I'm not going to make ridiculous promises. (laughs) Vote for me. You might make it. If you can't tan it off, you might just find yourself a place in the escape pod. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, candidate Jesse Carey, uh, much luck. We will check in with you as the campaign progresses, uh, as other uh, vital issues face us. Uh, we want our readers to be informed, our listeners to thank, be informed. Yep. Thank you, good citizens. Absolutely. All right. Up next, stay tuned. Feedback. Your phantom follows me You're listening to William Fitzsimmons. The song is So This Is Goodbye, the Pink Ganter remix. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week on the podcast, we we um, many of us here at The Relevant HQ are uh, nerds. And when I say us, I mean Ryan and my wife. Yeah, we are probably the nerdiest people. Yeah, you are. Woo-hoo! We both watch Battlestar Galactica. Sci-fi, oh, yeah. It's so, so good. good. Did oh you watch it? No. So good. I, I, I haven't watched the final 10. I haven't either. We can watch them. Shut your Play date. All right. I think, I think so. they're on Netflix now. 
All right. Anyway, <laughs> so a big deal here is the uh, impending loss finale on Sunday. And so we wanted to ask you, dear listener, what you thought, or the nerdy ones among you, what you thought the finale would hold for Lost. Uh, Wrapping it all up, what you thought would be kind of the big takeaway of the last five years of our life. Mm -hmm. So you went over to relevantmagazine.com, you clicked on the podcast episode, and then you posted your feedback there. Here are some of your replies. I like how Ryan just says, I've never seen the show, but my guess is they get off the island. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Yes. Oh, Jess, Ryan. Jesse's never watched it either, right? Comes out swinging. Yeah, but, but I do have a pretty good prediction. What's your prediction? <laughs> I, I think that some of them are going to go out to eat at a diner, okay? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you think it's going to come in, and then like Journey starts playing, right? Uh-huh. And one of them goes to walk out, and it just goes black. And then we later find out that Locke got whacked. Somebody's, mm. somebody's still bitter. I love it. Uh, <laughs> this guy, uh, Pete Juvenile, uh, says, I'm really I think sad. It's juvenile. Juvenile. Hey. It's, it's juvenile. <laughs> Juvenile's writing in about this. Yeah. <laughs> we can't confirm. What's he but done? We can say with 99% assurance this is juvenile. Well, what's he rapper. done lately, honestly? <laughs> He's in prison with Lil Wayne, isn't he? Pete, P- Pete Juvie, um, for short, <laughs> he says, I'm really sad that the podcast is ending too. Speaking about the official Loss podcast. Yeah, well, there, I guess that makes is sense. Is there other podcasts? I know, no, no, but I mean, ours? I feel like he's pointing out that we overlooked the fact that all the the lost paraphernalia media sources are going to go away. That's, That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, so apparently he's got you know more time to devote towards the relevant podcast. So you know, there's a whole bunch of people who blog. And yeah, talk. I mean, what are they going to do? It's like their life's going to have emptiness. Well, that's now. what I was thinking. Like, can you imagine if you're <laughs> the creator of Lostpedia this week? You're like, well, my life's over. Hmm. Like starting Sunday. Yeah. Uh, there's a, uh, let's see. Uh, Chad B says it'll end with everyone finding that there are more than just two islands with a third only to find the crew of the SS Minnow on there. They decide <laughs> to turn all three islands n- into a resort hotel with theme parks, polar bear petting zoo, uh, Widmore sub rides, fun, uh, fun with hit the reset button so the EMP doesn't make the island disappear and go back in time. Fun house. <laughs> <laughs> I ran out of breath. Everyone lives happily ever after. Look how Alias ended. That's what it I, said. I think they'll stumble upon the Statue of Liberty half buried in sand. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by Charlton Heston screaming, damn you dirty apes. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'm Tim Rhodes. He goes on this long thing about, uh, you know, mythology and visceral emotions and monsters. And then he says, or the end just involves Tony Danza waking up from a really crazy dream. <laughs> I like how he worked Tony Danza into that. That's good. Yeah. I, I, you know, but how could this show end in a way that satisfies its fans? Yeah. Because there's so many layers of fans. Right. You Can know? you name one series that you've enjoyed that ended well? Gilmore Girls. Saved by the Bell. <laughs> All they didn't sudden, even end. It just morphed into the college years. No, I thought they no, just they went did to a Hawaii. Two-hour movie. Yeah, they did a two-hour movie. <laughs> it, right. I like when shows die slow, painful death by spinoff. But that's <laughs> like Joey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Friends ended the most gracefully out of any series ever. Yeah. Admit it. Actually, that's actually a decent point. Friends. Ended Friends okay. had a good ending. Frasier had a good ending. Arrested Development. Arrested Development had a great ending. Yeah, but, but what about still, hour they were long like dramas? pandering for viewers to write in yeah. at the end? You yeah, know, it got a little true. sad. That's true. What about what about like hour long stuff though? Why don't we ask the listeners in this week's editorial question of the week? That's oh, a great question. question. Editorial question of the week. Hey. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> we want to know uh, what 
what shows you thought ended the best. <laughs> because and, and, and if you didn't like the ending, how would you like a series? Right. Yes. How would you change Ooh. it? Last time I got in huge trouble for saying I like Seinfeld's ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't. You shouldn't say. Go that again. watch this season's <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm. Jerry and Larry didn't even think it was ending good. No, oh, I liked it, but I'm apparently the only one. You have low standards. <laughs> so, so to answer the question of uh, what was the best uh, series finale, you think, or if if one show that you really loved let you down, how would you have done the season or series finale differently? To answer that question, head over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, or if you want to call the podcast hotline, you can do so. It's 407-660-1411. The extension is 126. I was really sad when the Twilight books ended. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Because they're awesome. Oh, my. I was sad when Harry Potter ended. Is your wife older than 18? No. <laughs> All right. Because this is, is is making me feel uncomfortable. Shut your face. Okay. I'm just saying. Ryan, you, can... you watch American Idol, okay? Yeah, that's actually true. That show is Wait, the worst thing watch, in the world. You watch American Idol? Uh, oh, it was like, on TV and they uh, sing the stupid things and they bring people back. They had Fantasia who can't sing and she's like, thank you people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so sorry for everyone that's listening to this that you didn't see Maya's face. Yeah. It's, she it's beat red animated right now. everything so that she said. It was awesome. She did a whole oh. episode of American Idol yeah, in four I seconds. Uh, Ryan, you, you think you at least can can have your Harry Potter fantasy live on at Universal Studios Orlando this spring. That's true. And, June eighteenth. And live live the ride. Oh, I'm getting live a see, the movie. I'm getting an ride annual, the movie. I'm That's getting it. an annual pass. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. You just go so, once. So is Tim, my roommate. As is his sister, my other roommate. As is my girlfriend, Kate. Oh wow. All right. Well, listen. So that's where you guys will be. Either in your your blow up pool in the backyard or at mm-hmm. or Harry Potter, Harry Potter. in line. Okay. Um, okay. So on that note, uh, go go do feedback. We want to hear your your responses. Many thanks to Dan Merchant for talking to us again. His movie is Lord Save Us from Your Followers. You can check it out at lordsaveusthemovie.com. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Josh Loveless. I'm Jesse Carey. Tan it off. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. You've got time for Super Fast, Super Fast, I'm coming last. But just in time for breakfast. Keep it sweet, keep it sweet, forever blue. Good night, good night. Throws out aluminum, a crucial fun, aluminum. The Thanks for listening to the Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. Our net worth is set, ready, go, many, no others. What? We be the colors of the mad and the wicked. We be bad, we be bricked with the 24-hour sign. Shower mind habits. I would say that's like a yeah, like an American suburban bar mitzvah. Welcome to manhood.